I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Whoa! Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 461's After Show. Welcome in, everyone. It's just me, Terry, disc golf guy. Let's get started here in the After Show. Somehow, (laughs) you uh, are new here. I don't know what you're doing. I apologize. Uh, I feel sorry for you. But if you're new here, the after show is usually the time where Johnny V and I pay much closer attention to what's being talked about on the YouTube chat board. From there, I answer any questions that you might have, uh, provide some insight. It can be disc golf related or non-disc golf, disc golf related, whatever the case might be, I'm here for you. Let's start out with... All right, let's just start out with uh, my arm, which I'm not going to unwrap. I'm not going to take it all off. But, uh, yeah, my arm and a couple of my fingers and uh, a little bit of the sh- the, uh, the elbow here, uh, a couple knees and an ankle. Um, I took a spill, and it wasn't a spill of the Glow Round Imperial Stout, Although I did enjoy some of that this weekend. Prior to getting to Bevel, on Saturday, I had uh, taken a scooter, a high-end scooter. This is not your little lime scooter. This isn't your little 12-mile-an-hour scooter. This is a much more robust scooter, uh, a Var- Varla, a Varla something or other. And um, I took a spill. It was, I'm deeming this probably the second nastiest injury of my life. And and with all that being said, I'm a damn blessed man. Um, Yeah, no broken bones. No no even visit to the hospital in this case. Uh, This, it sounds like a lawsuit, you're right. 
Uh, no, this uh, was just a spill. I was uh, venturing from the DOS household. No, 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 I wasn't. Uh, excuse me. Let me back up. Uh, <laughs> because we weren't going to come back on in the afternoon, I uh, everybody wanted to take naps because we're up at like 4 and 5 a.m. to get ready for our broadcast because it's on the West Coast. So because we weren't eventually going to be back on in the afternoon, everyone kind of went their way. Zoe was there uh, for the weekend, um, and then Nate and Val, of course, at their house, and then me. And Val was going to take me back to my hotel so that I could rest, relax, and hang out. We were all going to get together in a couple hours. She was going to go into Bevel. She had work to do. Nate uh, had already done work so was gonna and was working outside and was going to take a, a nap for himself. Zoe went out and did played some golf and did some other stuff with some other people. As we're pulling out of the the Dosh driveway, I say to Val, "Oh wait, maybe I could just take the scooter from here. The scooter Nate recently acquired. I could just take the scooter from here, and then later, and so if I want to go get food or I want to go zip around, I'll have that there." She's like, "Yeah, great." So we go back into the house, grab the scooter, which weighs like. 70 pounds, 68 pounds, something like that. Get the scooter, load it into the car, and drive to my hotel room. Oh, which is just like a mile and a half down the road. I get out, grab the scooter, take it into my hotel room, end up just taking a nap. I do fall asleep. I'm tired. A couple hours later, I wake up and Nate texts me and says, Hey, I'm going to walk over to Bevel. Val's already there. If you want, just grab, you know, just take the scooter that you grabbed and meet, meet me over at Bevel. And I said, perfect. This is great. I get to ride the scooter around. We're all meeting up at Bevel. I have had zero beverages at this point. It's, it's roughly five in the afternoon. I'm not much of a day drinker, but it's five in the afternoon. All I've done up until that point is got up super early to do the broadcast back and forth three or four times doing the broadcast, then got brought back, took a nap. Wake up, get ready, and I'm off and running. And it's beautiful for the most... Well, it did rain. It rained since I took a nap, because I was like, why is it all wet out here? Um, it didn't look like it was going to, but it did rain. No big deal. Taking the scooter uh, over to Bevel, and um, I'm, I'm documenting the process at some point. After I've been on it a while... And this isn't my first time on this scooter. But after I've been on it for a little while, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I mean, how did that, uh, how did that, uh, what was that guy that got super famous? Was, it, was he on a bike or a scooter uh, that, that got TikTok famous? I, I don't know. He's my inspiration uh, to like, what, Joan Jett or something or whatever the song. I don't know. You guys all know. God, who the f now I'm going to Google it. I have to. Famous scooter tick. Who was that guy? Ended up getting a, um, was it TikTok or Instagram? Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Somebody, somebody? <laughs> oh, you guys. Anyway, so I take a video or two, looks great. Take a video or two, still looks great. I'm going to take another video. Uh, traveling along just fine. Uh, I get to the edge of one of the, uh, there's a bike lane, which it, also I'm very confused. In Bend, they're all about their bikes and bike lanes and all their outdoor recreation, which I love. But like, I don't know if I belong in the bike lane. Do I belong on the sidewalk? I mean, this thing, this thing tops out at 25, 
26, 28, depending on how much I had to eat. Like, this thing moves. And I'm at this point, I'm in one of the brand new bike lanes, which is like partitioned off to some degree. And I'm coming to the edge of a block. I had uh, been filming. I had everything all lined up, no problem. Little extra wobble in the back. Ow, that hurt. Boom. I go down. It hurt. It hurt bad. Um, thankfully, no cars. I went down. <laughs> I was already on the right side of the road in the bike lane. I went down toward the sidewalk and toward the curb, which uh, the alternative is into the middle of the road. I didn't go that way. I went down into the sidewalk, into the curb, into the rocks, into the asphalt, into the brand new concrete curb. Uh, went down and yeah, popped up pretty quickly and, uh, it hurt, ripped open my favorite jeans, which I, at the last moment decided to put on, I was going to wear shorts over there, ripped open, destroyed my favorite jeans in the world and, uh, some pretty nasty scrapes all up and down here, just raw arm blood, gross. Uh, a couple nasty, nasty scrapes right underneath here. Like I said, not nearly as bad off the bat. This one wasn't too bad ever, but definitely was here. Um, other than that, uh, oh, and then the knees, the knees. And then, like I said, my ankle became sore and hurts too. But um, some guy was right there, saw it. He was like riding a bike the other way and had two bike tires. I don't know what he was doing. Insisted on 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 helping. <laughs> How did he say? He's like, "Oh shit, big dog, you okay?" or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, all my fault. I'm good. And uh, he he proceeded. He was very kind, very gracious. Offered help three or four or five different times. I was all good. I was only at that point, and I'm I'm like now a out of the the near two mile ride. I'm a block and a half short of Bevel. Like, I had one more roundabout to go through, and I was at Bevel. And at that point, I was trying to determine if it was best to, to ride back to the hotel, get changed, and clean myself up, or just continue into Bevel. And I'm glad I made the decision just to continue the block and a half to Bevel, uh, where Valerie and their first aid kit uh, kind of took care of me. And then from there, uh, even though Nate was more than happy to take me, I... Uh, I got in their car <laughs> and drove myself to go get a uh, the variety. Here's when you know you're in trouble. You're at the first aid lane at a Target, CVS, Walmart, whatever, and you don't know how many or which bandages to buy because you don't know how bad everything is. And I literally bought a variety pack because I'm like, I think I need some this size. I think I'm going to need some that size. I need some bandages, I need some gauze, I need some wrap. Yeah, so I hope you never have those decisions to make as to which one should I buy. Uh, but I ended up buying a ton of it. I bought sprays, I bought ointment, I bought everything. And uh, then I got back, got cleaned up, and uh, it's been painful ever since. So didn't didn't hurt my head, didn't touch my face. If you can't tell... Uh, <laughs> It's been it's been fine, but uh, I've, I've been in a lot of pain, 
and I can't say it enough. Uh, if it were, the, the, this is the second most injured I think I've ever been, and that's a pretty damn good record. Forty-four years in, this is the second most injured I've ever been in my life. I'll take it. So, all right. Um, so that's what happened. I appreciate you, <laughs> fair or not. It ended up getting, you know, the most uh, amount of messages I've ever gotten on Instagram, uh, where I eventually posted some of the pictures and then and then eventually the video. Um, thank you. The outpouring, the support. Uh, yeah, zero out of ten, do not recommend, uh, is, is what I told quite a few people. And um, I'm just, I appreciate all of you guys being so concerned. And it wasn't really hideable. Because the very next morning when I went live on air, I, I had been bandaged up like this after a fresh shower and a new set of bandages. And uh, Val thought I should have went with some, telling everybody I got some, you know, badass tattoo. And uh, that wasn't the case. Not not, well, not an intentional tattoo, that is, uh, did I get. But, um, yeah, we had all sorts of stories we were going to work on. So, uh when it was all said and done, I, I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm on the mend and I'll be back. And I and Doc, as you say, yeah, Val ended up excuse me bandaging me up three or four times in the few days. Uh, and yeah, I'm very thankful for her. She's she's eight months pregnant and concerned about getting me all bandaged up. So we'll let some of those mom instincts kick in for sure. And I I very much appreciate it. Uh, quick side note to that. Speaking of Val, real quickly and my. Uh, I know there's a petition running around. I, I've yet to sign it, so I'm gonna. I'm, you, you can hold me to this. I'm gonna go sign it tonight. There's a, a petition running around the internets to, I think, rename one of the courses in the area of where Nate and, or not Nate, where Val and the Jenkins family grew up. Uh, to I think rename one of the courses or name it after Leroy Jenkins, uh, Val's uh, father who passed away a couple years ago now. So. Uh, go out. I'll post a link to it on Facebook. I was going to say I have nothing to lose by it. Leroy, one of the kindest, sweetest, most gentle souls on the planet. And um, yeah, so there, there's no reason not to sign it, I guess, is an even better way to word that. But you, when you interact with Val and Val's mom and, and Val's brother, Avery Jenkins... You see where all of this kindness spills through with this entire family, and certainly comes uh, from you know from Leroy all those years. Just such a soft-spoken, funny, soft-spoken, kind human and individual. So uh, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't sign it yet, but I've been seeing it run around, and I know it's happening. So I will get it signed, and I will post it on Facebook for all of you guys. To find it in case you need to. Um, uh, the Roscoe uh, uh, Ewing course. Um, oh, okay. Jay's asking about playing up there. Uh, and and in all honesty, I have never played over there myself. I've never been to that area uh, for uh, any events. I know they've hosted a ton of events and had a lot of the top pros and done a lot of really cool things throughout all these years. But I had not. I've never been over there myself, which is surprising. I was at uh, the Worlds, the Am Worlds in 2010, and then I've been to just one or two Brent Hambricks. But otherwise, my Ohio 
disc golf has been always somewhat limited. Somewhat. I mean, I played Mount Airy in 1996, but who didn't right after it was listed in the Disc Golf Monthly as one of the best courses in the world to play? You remember that magazine that came out every two months and it looked like a newspaper. It was exclusively in black and white. Disc Golf Journal. Did I just call it that? Yeah, it's Disc Golf Journal. And then, like, of all places to play, they would kind of, like, have a signature course or a signature hole or something of that nature, some feature, and Mount Airy was listed. So in 1996, while going to my first ever Am World Championship, uh, our, our good buddy, not related to the Jenkins family, but my good buddy Tom Jenkins, who was my legal guardian for the week, because I was only 17, uh, he took me and my two buddies and uh, all to Am Worlds in Augusta in 96, and on our way down in his minivan on our way down we stopped off and played mount airy because it had just been listed as like one of the best courses in the world to play and so we stopped off and played it uh on the way so anyway yeah there's a trip another trip am worlds another trip down memory lane it wasn't just about getting to the course that very year we stopped in uh tennessee and i played some of my first course uh my first course ever in tennessee uh, we played one or two courses in the Nashville area, and we also played at Mount Airy in the uh, Cincinnati area. And uh, those were both in route as we took a couple days to get down to Augusta, Georgia. So that's also part of it, right? All right, let's read from the board. I want to get you guys uh, all caught up to speed. Ray says, Mount Airy is literally my backyard. That's awesome. I haven't been there since 1996. I, I'm... Guessing it's withstood a large test of time, but maybe not all of it by today's super competitive standards. But I'm guessing it looks as gorgeous and is as awesome. Uh, the raccoons are fearless. You can't shoo them away. They know better. We'll go with that. Uh, Massive J says, Terry or the disc golf guy, please get Matty O to the Mall of America food court. That sounds fun. Uh, I, I'm not around. I will be in Bend, not riding a scooter, and uh, I, so I am not uh, any assistance to Matty O, unfortunately, although it would be a lot of fun probably, but uh, I will not be uh, with Matty O. Uh, Bi- uh, Biagio says, Terry, you're the OG OG. I've been around a long time, and I'm very fortunate that when I discovered disc golf, I was 13. And the fact that I found competitive disc golf and I had these mentors and these insanely uh, you know, father-like humans and figures uh, in Tom Jenkins and John Turlap in, you know, at the age of 15, 16, 17, completely shaped and molded everything about disc golf for me. And that was in the mid to early 90s. So... I love the fact that when people always say, I wish I would have found disc golf earlier. I, I couldn't have found it much earlier than I did. And then I'm even more blessed that when I did find it, I found organized disc golf, which is nothing like it is today, but I got to find organized disc golf right off the bat. So that's why my world's experiences go all the way back to 1996. Um, Brody was asking about a tweet you had about Paige earlier, but he couldn't stay. Okay. Um, okay, I'll quickly, I'll quickly touch on that. And this is one reason why I hate Twitter is because I, I, maybe others don't, I get lost real quick. Who's replying to whom about what exactly? Sometimes that gets frustrating. 
Brody, I think it was Brody specifically that made or that originated the tweet this weekend that said something uh, along the lines on this is on Sunday and it said something along the lines of page page letting um, well, maybe I can find it page letting the crowd uh, choose choose her disc um, and then you know she goes OB OB interesting storyline if she loses by a stroke. That's how I read it. That's what I saw. And I just replied in between sentences on the network. I just replied and said, it's not really that big of a deal, only because the other disc that could have that was in her hand, she could have also went out of bounds with. I mean, she could have clearly aced with that other disc. That too. We all know what it could have should have. But Paige threw a relatively good shot in that situation on hole five, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Hole five. It's an island green. She throws over the water, hits dry, and then it slides back. I'll say south. It slides back into the water, but it hits inbounds and then just kind of slides down the hill into the water. It wasn't a terrible shot. In fact, she could have maybe thrown it 10 more times and it might have stuck eight of those times. I, I Who knows? Of course. Again, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But the fact that it happened, I don't think we can second guess later that, well, if she would have thrown the other disc, that might have been the difference maker of a stroke or two. Well, it, it might have been, but I mean, she could have literally thrown that other disc and had the exact same thing happen. I don't know if the other disc was a totally different mold. Um, it looked like she put a good move on it. It, it looked fine. It was, a, it was a tad short. I mean... Anyway, so I wasn't trying to be argumentative. I wasn't trying to be overly, you know, defensive or sensitive or or anything of that nature. I just quickly chimed in with and said, I don't think that's a big deal. And then and then Twitter did Twitter. And a bunch of other people went off about other stuff. And then I think somebody thought somebody was replying to something. And then next thing you know, uh, there was like this fight that I didn't think I was even part of. Or, or disagreement or yelling match, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and at some point, I just bowed out. I said, all I was talking about was that I don't think we can essentially second-guess her and her decision too much. Um, and, and then I, after that, I was lost. Some people were attacking me. Some people were attacking Brody, I think. I don't know. I just, I genuinely don't know. It's, for those reasons, sometimes that can get really frustrating. Uh, and, and I'll be, you know, you guys already, a lot of you guys know, I... Twitter's five to eight percent of my social media uh, concern. There's a lot of things I like or go after. I try to keep up, but yeah. So I don't know if that's what he was asking. If he popped on here, um, I've got no ill will or intentions. I, I don't. I would hope or think he shouldn't toward me. If other people got it twisted, then other people got it twisted. That, that's what I can say about that. Uh, some people asking where Johnny V is. Uh, yeah, Johnny V's internet. Uh, interestingly enough, while I was gone this weekend, I got an alert to my phone saying, hey, the internet is down at your house. So, no, cool. I'm not there. I don't care. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, I think Johnny has a different service, and he got an alert today saying internet is down at his house, and he lives a half hour away from me, 10 suburbs over. Uh, so internet was down at his house. And he said he wasn't probably going to be available for the show. And at that point, I reached out to Gannon Burr and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I know I just asked you to be on it, 
but Johnny won't be here to press the buttons and I'm going to be remote and not have all my shit together. So I'm just going to go solo. We'll have you another time. Gannon said, no problem. I think you're up to speed. And then Johnny popped on the chat for a few minutes to say hi using his, uh, his, uh, Blackberry. I think that's probably what he did. Um, JV needs Clippy. You see the internet is only to help you with that. That's a good call. Uh, you're really starting to pick up that Bend accent? Is there a Bend accent? There can't be. It's funny when people always make fun of me as it is for my Midwestern accent. Uh, what are your thoughts on all this recent news about aliens, Terry? Is that specifically related to Big Germs Post? Or is there another alien conversation? If it's Big Germs Post, I'm not concerned. If there's a bigger conversation that has, I'll say, more weight to it, then maybe, but um, I, I, if there isn't a, a legit alien conversation outside of Big Germs Post, I'm not aware of it right now. Uh, solar flares? Yeah, probably. Uh, are they in the oceans already? JV seems like a flip phone kind of guy. <laughs> um, you know, and here we are uh, in a more somber scenario, and I'm not going to dig it too far into it, although it's interesting to hear more about it. You know, last week it was at this time we were talking about the uh, the submersible, um, the Ocean Gate um, Titan that was missing at that time, and then obviously there's been since then been the updates. Um, it to me has only been has been really. First of all, I'm sorry anyone's passed away. Of course, uh, nobody wants to see anyone uh, suffer and and perish that way. Um, What's, I think, been really interesting, as much as I know zero about oceanography, is uh, just some of the warnings and some of the things that have been from a business perspective. You know, I read emails that say, you know, this gentleman warned, you know, the CEO of these things a couple years ago. There's a YouTuber who was just in that very submersible. Uh, I feel like a few days or a few like a few days before th- this, he was in what they called ultimately called Mission Two, and Mission Three is the one that was this last one. Um, and just there's just a lot more things coming out about it, uh, which has done has not made me any kind of scientist, but nothing more than just being interested in seeing and seeing how the egos come into play seeing how um you know the the safeties and the precautions and egos and all of that played into it it seems like uh a lot of it it's it's absolutely wild and as someone said on the board uh they blue blue boy says they didn't suffer all the nitrogen in their blood was sucked out and yeah i mean just all of it in general and that again the little i've read uh is that it was Whatever pain or suffering that they might have had probably happened too quick for their brain to even register it. So, for all of that being said, I mean, I I guess, yeah, good to say that it wasn't probably slow and miserable and painful. It was so instantaneous it couldn't even register. That, That checks out with what I've been reading as well, so... Um, the implosion was extremely, extremely fast. I hope that means they didn't suffer. Yeah, I, uh, again, 
the little bit I've read. It, that's it sounded as if it happened probably so quickly that literally your your brain didn't even register the pain that was coming uh, because it was probably so instantaneous. So, um, what do you do during rain delays? That's a good question, right? Of course, whether I'm on site or off site is very different. This weekend, I mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> we we at the Bend household would sign on, sign off, say hi, we'll be back. Then we kind of just lounged around in the living room waiting for updates, just like the rest of the world, really. Uh, in this case, we had the Crocal open to watch, uh, but it was largely just waiting around. Uh, myself and Nate, more so Nate this time, reached out directly to Seth Muncy uh, on the Pro Tour and just said, hey, hey, what are we looking at? And Seth was able to say, you know, we're talking to this meteorologist, we're using this service, we're doing these things, here's where we're at. So that's largely what we did. And just like players, just like media, just like everyone else, there's this uncertainty when you don't know what's happening with that weather that was super frustrating that you, you can't avoid. Like it'd almost be better if you just saw, well, yeah, it's for sure rain in the forecast for the next eight straight hours. We're out of here or thunderstorms or whatever. But it felt like there was pockets. It felt like we had time. So then we came back on. Then we came back off. And it just is totally disjointing to everyone. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say it's any worse for me than the players, clearly. Because uh, I'm I'm sitting in a, you know, <laughs> a, a uh, air-controlled room and environment uh, a couple thousand miles away. So it's not... It's not physically demanding or painful on me in that sense, um, but you're coming on air, you're coming off air. Do you have any? Do you have any momentum as a as a, a commentator? Did you just say the dumbest thing ever and you're excited for a reset, just like them taking a bogey and they're excited for a reset? Were you in a flow or words were working that day and all of a sudden you're taking a break? I suppose there's a little element to all of that. And then just coming in and out of the shows, and here's what's happening, here's the update, here's the non-update update, um, that, that sometimes gets a little, can get a little taxing or, or uh, stressful on us as well, but not like the players. Uh, Clayton Bigsby also, I think, a.k.a. Uh, whatever your other silly login is. No, I haven't banned you yet. You're, you're somehow, somehow, you keep skirting that fine line of not saying anything Terrible enough, I don't want to say dumb enough, you've said plenty of dumb stuff, uh, terrible enough to get you you banned. You banned. Zootown uh, Open is obviously too small to be an elite. Do you know of any of the mountain courses that could be a solid touring stop? Uh, is obviously too small to be an elite. I don't know if that's the case, I can't say that one way or another. I'll, I'll, I've never been, so I have no, I can give no feedback or uh, anything to that. Um I can't think of another mountain course, but I've also, I have limited experience on mountain courses. Just know mountain courses may or may not continue to pro provide a challenge of cell signal, which is a, a huge concern of the pro tour. Uh, and then just, just surely infrastructure challenges, you know, getting all the assets up on the course in all the various ways. Uh, you have an extra level of, of um, safety concerns, just like we experienced last year. Uh, we saw someone's caddy actually go down from both heat or an altitude exhaustion or or whatever um, when we were in Colorado for the match play championship last year. And then sometimes there's 
the players that who may think, you know what, we pay we play I'll just make up a number, we play twenty five weekends a year at sea level or near it. I don't want to go to this crazy altitude and completely adjust the discs and how I'm throwing the discs for one weekend. And I'm not saying that's a valid excuse or but I'm just saying it is a reality. It's not a crazy one, in my opinion. Uh, but I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but I'm not the right guy to ask for that. You'd have to ask somebody that has more Colorado, uh, mountainous uh, region and area experience than me. I mean, it will be fun to be at Snowball. That was a course I played in 2003 for the Worlds, and it was then played in 05, an easier version for the Am Worlds. And then it's getting played again in a couple weeks for Pro Masters Worlds. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good course. Uh, maybe, you know, check with me in, in three weeks and maybe I'll, I'll have a definitive. But there again, now you're, maybe the course can handle it. Can the city handle it? Does Flagstaff want it? Is that the right place for our players? Um, Flagstaff's incredible. The few times I've been there, it's, but last time I was there was 2005. So I'm excited to take a look at it again. All right, let's keep it rolling here. You guys are keeping me busy. Um, anyone have haze from Canadian fires? We talked about that a little bit earlier that, yes, it's very much affected Milwaukee uh, right now and where I live, Milwaukee area. And then also it then uh, was in Peoria today, and it may be off and on for the next day or two. And that halted AM Worlds, AM and Junior Worlds, for a few hours at least for some of the courses today. So hopefully everything's back up and running there. Um, Disc Blaster, that's your other silly login name. Are you in the booth this weekend? I am. Uh, what you saw last weekend, I believe, is exactly what you're going to see again this weekend. We're talking uh, Zoe Endike, Valerie Jenkins, and myself on the FPO side, on the MPO side. Myself and Nate Doss. I don't think Nate Sexton's around, but I believe it's just myself and Nate Doss for the weekend uh, on the MPO side. Uh, truth be told, um, of course we love having Zoe, and she's you know definitely getting more and more uh, in the booth and more available. She's, in addition, uh, also there uh, because Valerie's now eight months pregnant, and obviously uh, any day anything could happen. So. Uh, she's hoping that it, she gets through this one more weekend of commentary and then she's going to be off for a few months. Uh, but good that we have Zoe as well there. So even if Val did get pulled into um, labor and this life-changing child arriving, we, we would have myself and Zoe. So that is by design. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, 
all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, would you be willing to travel to Europe to do the commentary for the Euro Pro Tour next season? What would it take? I mean, are you talking about two straight months of being there? Are you talking about... Yeah, I'd have to know what you're referring to. Um, Would you be willing to travel to Europe to do commentary? I don't know that I'm the best fit for that. Uh, Possibly because I don't know... I don't want to say I just don't know the names of the players. uh, Because you can learn those. But I don't know. You know, what are my obligations with the Disc Golf Network? Uh, Obviously, you know... uh, they essentially have kind of first dibs at me year after year for the last few years where they ask me if I want to work a particular weekend. I almost have never said no. And that, when it's all said and done, has consumed almost 20 weekends between booth and on-site. So uh, I, I don't know if that would be a possibility. Uh, that's all a good question. I don't know what it would take. Have you ever played the Paw Paw West Virginia? I have not, sadly. Legendary. Heard about it for decades. Um, but I have not played there, unfortunately. Uh, Yanni, I think it is, says, No FPO at an A tier isn't conversation worthy. Um, I mean, there's a lot of conversations we've had tonight. And I didn't have a list in front of me. This is all all off my dome. Um, yeah, I, I caught wind of oh, only again by the socials. Uh, if I'm correct... What I believe happened was H.B. Uh, Clark, who runs a ton of events in Kentucky area, um, who has for decades, uh, is hosting an event that's an A-tier, Kentucky State Championships, maybe it's some event, uh, and instead of potentially having, for lack of a better term, the controversy of allowing or disallowing uh, transgender competitors, he has opted to have no FPO division, to not offer the division. That may become more popular. That may not. I mean, I feel as if every municipality and every TD and every state will be making some of those decisions for themselves. Like, I don't want to say read the room, but kind of. Like, what is best for you, for your your constituents, being your players, for your sponsors? Like, every TD needs to make their own decision. And, and there may be, this may become more popular. Uh, if you look at the lawsuit that Natalie Ryan has brought forth, I believe it, it named uh, Kale, Kale's design company, Kale's Disc Golf Company, you know, Kale Design, uh, or Kale LaVisca Design. It names Kale, I think it names the PDGA, and I think it names the Disc Golf Pro Tour. If it's HB, who I think it is, that's running this event, uh, he, he may be just thinking, okay, well, if I just don't offer division, that's one way I can avoid this, this conversation, or I can avoid this controversy. Now, what it also does, in the same breath, is it may piss off a whole bunch of other FPO players that, that want to play. I mean, nothing for nothing, if if someone like, uh, if, if any of our transgender competitors weren't even thinking about playing in that event anyway, 
then it feels like he's taking away an opportunity or, or not providing an opportunity for other FPL players to play. I think Jessica Oleski was the one who asked about it, who plays for MVP. She's out of uh, Michigan. She travels to some A-tiers and national, or national tours. That's how old I am. She travels to some A-tiers, some disc golf pro tour events, so on and so forth. Uh, she plays pro. And I think she had asked and said, hey, I don't see the FPO division. And then that's when it came to light that uh, the TD said, I, I'm not offering one. So if if... Natalie Ryan, for example, wasn't planning on ever playing in the Kentucky in this Kentucky event, and ten other FPOs were, then those ten other FPOs are disappointed. Now, if Natalie was gonna play and it was gonna create a lawsuit or or dare I say a different headache or a different controversy for HB, and that was what he's trying to avoid, that's how he's handling it. I I'm gonna say I'm not gonna I don't I don't pass any judgment on any of how that's handled. Every TD, and I'm one as well, every TD, every municipality, every event, every club, every area is going to have to find what is best for them, whatever that is. I may not agree with it personally, like at a, at a core level, but that doesn't matter. It's what is best for them. They're the ones running the event. So uh, I hope... I don't know. I mean, are, are you looking for me to say like something really egregious or, or you know, one way or another about it? You're, I mean, you're just not going to get that from me. Uh, or hoping for some like, I don't know, outrageous soundbite of me saying something. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't have my, I don't have a list of every single topic in disc golf since last Tuesday. So that that's why it didn't come up. But as soon as you did mention it, I'm here for you because I think I knew it. But I don't have a list in front of me. Um, uh, Btron asks, uh, it was hidden, but I'll show it because I'm, I'm that kind of guy, and said, has anyone referred to your face as a punchable face? Asking for a friend. Yeah, I feel like there's some... Uh, Seemingly uh, frustrated or upset women that have posted uh, with regards to some other controversies. Uh, somebody somewhere saying I have a very punchable face or something like that, which is fine. You can say that. It's not original. But, I mean, maybe it's true. I mean, my face is kind of fat, so it'd be easy to punch it. Sure. Fun fact, I haven't been punched in the face. Ever. All right. Uh, doesn't mean people haven't wanted to. Uh, I don't. This might also come as a fun fact. Um, most <laughs> uh, most disagreements, arguments, or uh, volatile situations usually end with uh, more of a <laughs> uh, of a, with an oratory lashing of sorts, and or uh, I've, I've handled it that way. Somehow I get people to back down. All right. Um, is this snake? Uh, not at all. I wondered if this wasn't an exact uh, open division. Okay, you guys are continuing to go back and forth. That's fine. You can talk about it. Uh, BS, Tara. I don't know what's BS, but okay. Uh, was it JVD who asked <laughs> if my face was punchable? Uh, maybe not. JV wouldn't punch me in the face. 
Uh, just don't get hit by a disc in the face at Throw Down the Mountain. That dude seems punchable. Uh, borderline harassment. The disc golf community is full of love and tons of hate. Haters ball for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of really, really mean-spirited people that love to uh, to get wild with it out there. That's that's uh, their prerogative. Uh, you said your scooter accident was your second worst injury. What was your first? Uh, in my opinion, uh, coincidentally, it's kind of disc golf related as well. Uh, my first was, I don't think I can give it to you, but maybe I can. Okay, yeah. Um, if some of you have seen me, my left leg uh, sustained a nasty, disgusting uh, shredding back in August of 2016. And I can only place it because a couple days later I went to the Worlds and walked around. Um, yeah, I was helping, as I do every year for the last 20-some years, with a particular uh, boys and girls like school program, after-school program. And I provide, usually every year, some lightweight discs for the event, like some 150-class discs. And I was digging around in my storage unit, climbing up on this, moving that, shaking this, whatever, and uh, slipped. And you guys have probably seen metal shelving. Well, there was a piece of metal shelving that I had broken earlier, and long story short, I slid my leg down like this metal rod, sliced my leg wide open, my left shin, uh it does make me almost like cringe just even thinking about like where my leg went and what it slid across, uh, slashed it, sliced it all the way open, uh, ended up, I think, I think the number was 13 staples and eight stitches. Cause I've had s stitches before. I've never had staples before. And I just remember I had more staples than stitches. And I think it was 18 staples and eight I'm sorry, 13 staples and 8 stitches. Um, so that happened. Uh, it, it's disgusting, as you can imagine. Of course, I posted it to Instagram. Not when it happened, but the, right after it did. And uh, didn't end up getting to the program. We got the discs and all the stuff to the program for the kids. Everything went off that year, no problem. I've, I've been there every year since. That was 2016. And I just remember having all that happen, and then uh, it was like a day or two before my birthday, and then like two days later, the, well, the doctor said to me, okay, here's what I need you to do, because I had all these staples and stitches up and down my leg. They said, rest it, don't walk on it, don't be on it, elevate it, and um, keep, it, keep, keep it cool. So what did I do? I drove the 10 hours... <laughs> <laughs> to Emporia, two days later, or a day later, drove the 10 hours to Emporia, walked around in 110 degree heat, uh, walked on it in 110 degree heat for five or six straight days. So I did exactly everything <laughs> that they told me not to. But that was live disc golf. That was uh, the year Ricky Waisaki would go on to win. Smashbox TV was the only live disc golf network. We had like one, or we had two cameras, maybe. We had two cameras. And uh, me walking around out on the course or, or being in the booth with Robert McCall. And it was, uh, it was wild. So, and Valerie Jenkins, of course, won as well. So, yeah, that, that was, I feel like, my worst ever injury. So, again, knock on wood, 
prayers, thoughts, whatever, anyone and everyone. Um, if those are my two worst, two of my worst injuries in my life, uh, I, I'm doing all right. But wait, so there are some discs for sale that's ride disc golf blood on them? No, um, no, I dripped blood on a bunch of other stuff, but I wasn't on any discs uh, when I when I was in that storage that day. I did have to throw away the Keens. They were literally all pooling up with blood. It was it was disgusting. Um, yes, uh, many of you already seen that uh, Nico had made a uh, a review for the local route disc golf uh, shop. That was all. Now it's recycling and resurfacing. He wrote a nat. I'll say nasty. He wrote a, a a scathing review a few months ago when he had a fallout with local route, and now local route's very much in this conversation again due to being involved with this lawsuit. And it's all it's all out there. If you want the drama and you want it, it's it's all out there for you to consume. Uh. <laughs> Ray says, what caused your partial deafness? Uh, good question. Don't know. I was tested in second grade. Uh, they're like, oh, you're like 80, 80 or 90% deaf in that ear. I was like, okay. They're like, you want a hearing aid? I said, hell no. Because what kid in the 80s wanted a hearing aid, right? That's like, and was probably insanely expensive. I don't even know if my, my parents would, would have bought it for me. But no kid wanted a hearing aid. And uh, I've lived with it ever since which didn't mean much until I got into disc golf media and wished I had two ears more often, two good working ears. Um, Robert, working with a waste company in Texas near family. That's correct. Uh, I miss him dearly. Such a great guy. He's alive. Don't get me wrong. I miss him in disc golf media dearly. Uh, what cams do you recommend for filming disc golf? I got the DJI Pocket 2, and it's not bad. I mean, I use a couple of Canons. Uh, HXRN90s and N80s. They're like a slightly smaller version of what you see that Jomez and the Pro Tour often use. Uh, if you were looking for just a straight camcorder, anything that's got XLR inputs or has an XLR input and uh, has, you know, a decent, what, 20, 20 or so zoom. Having the XLR inputs to me is is like the game changer. You go from like a twelve or thirteen or fifteen hundred dollar camera up to about a two or twenty five hundred or forty five hundred dollar camera when you go there. But that's what I like personally. Um, Linda Hamilton lost some hearing while filming Terminator Two. I can see that. Uh, how long did it take you to turn your disc golf media into your full time job? Still working on it. Now. Uh, I started disc golf media stuff in 2010, and it was all part of a hundred things I was doing. I was still running tournaments, still designing courses, still running leagues, uh, teaching classes at two different universities for disc golf. So I've done a million things, uh, selling discs and all that stuff, and media didn't become like a, a primary focus like the major, major majority focus until probably just before the Pro Tour had started in 2015 or 2016 and that 10 frame. It was one of 10 things I was doing and it's now finally, you know, taking on the majority of my work. All right, uh, I'm going to read a few more things and we'll start to wrap stuff up for you guys. We can't have a show that's just as long with or without Johnny. I guess we could. 
what is your biggest pet peeve when playing disc golf? Either a card bait or someone else on the course. Uh, this might not surprise some of you <laughs> with how much I harp on it uh, often in other places. Exceeding 30 seconds. Not taking 30 seconds. Take 29.999999 seconds on every single throw. I won't love it, but you're within your rules. I don't care. I wish you'd play faster, but I don't care. When you can exceed 30 seconds, and it's not a once-in-a-round super sticky situation, and you just take forever, and that's because you're lollygagging or because you're you're using your rangefinder now or whatever, excessively or, or repetitively exceeding your 30 seconds, that's probably my number, that, that'd be number one, and number two right behind it, is just someone that doesn't shut the F up ever. We've all played with them, him, her. Just They just never shut up. I, I don't care probably what you did on this whole last round. Um, I don't care probably what disc you're throwing. Like I, I'll ask those questions, and I'm not. I'm not. I am not above conversation. I am all about light, basic conversation. Some people just don't shut up. Like, just don't shut up ever. Like ever. And we're here for some social interaction, and I, I am social, and I've never worn earbuds and, like, all that stuff. I, so I'm here for that. Don't get me wrong. I, I blathered on hours ago about how much I love these experiences of playing and what you get by making these new friends and all that stuff. But there are some people that just like, okay, I'm going to throw now. It'd be cool if you shut up for just, for like, a few seconds. Let me at least throw without you talking. Um, there's just, I feel like there's sometimes a lot of that. So that's my. Those are my biggest pet peeves. I'm gonna say, yeah. Doc says, yeah. Get a red camera. Yeah, you could do that. Um, when are you gonna do an in the bag? Who knows? I I keep threatening that I will. It's all stuff that's from ten years ago, for the most part. Um, how can we never hear about your wife? Eh, she's there. Um, I I I have uh, found my ways to separate every bit of uh, how I interact and there's different times and different scenarios for everything. Um, yeah, it's it's been uh, a little bit crazy. Terry's in the bag with all his collection. It would take two days to film. That's an understatement. Um, yeah, in the bag is, is even tough because there's like a few discs that I throw occasionally and then there's all of my collection. So it's a totally different story. We're losing Tyler. I totally agree. I saw that. Many of you guys probably saw it in the last few days. Tyler from uh, DGA said he's moving on from disc golf. He's going to play disc golf and you know somewhat be involved in whatever. But the work he's done with DGA and I, you guys just have no idea. Uh, well, some of you do. But he's he's been... Uh, he's just was such a breath of fresh air. He was such a great guy. He is such a great guy. And we disc golf is going to miss him tremendously. I, I can't say it enough. Um, he, uh, yeah, ever discussed teaching disc golf at a unity with Felberg? He taught out in Oregon. I haven't, I never talked to Felberg about it. I mean, I know that he's he was doing that out in Oregon. I was doing it at UW Milwaukee. I did it at UW Parkside. 
Um, mine, I don't know if mine were about the same length overall because I did a couple of them for a few different years. Um, it would be funny to have those up and running again. Um, kind of sucks that once disc golf gets a few dollars, the lawsuits start flowing. I won't, I won't rehash all of that again. There is a time and a place for lawsuits when warranted is what I will say. I, I don't think we could never not sue anyone ever. Hopefully though, it's a last resort and they're only when warranted. And so, um, yeah. Uh, are you a fast play guy like MJ? Yes. I, 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 yeah, I just play quickly. That's all there is to it. Uh, as funny as that may seem for me and my size, I just get up and play quickly. Uh, heel fast, my friend Dan says. Thank you, Dan. Who's gonna the pun story of all the names? Of, who, who's gonna do the pun story? Yeah, with all the names. I mean, are you kidding? Like, just him doing that, that alone, in the effort that he put into doing that a few years ago, was insane. I just. Yeah, he is such a talented human, and I I hate that disc golf will not have him uh, as part of the everyday fabric. Smashbox versus Bogey Bros. When it's going to happen? Good good question. Off season, uh, maybe. I feel like uh, yeah, I feel like they would have the upper hand. I mean, they play golf almost every day. Johnny and I, <laughs> they played more golf. Let's put it this way, and this is. Just a fact. They played more golf on their recent road trip than Johnny and I have played in the last two years. Um, so, yes. they. I, I would think those two would have the upper hand on us. I, I don't watch uh, the video, so to speak. But I would have to assume that they would have the upper hand on us by now. Um, Tim says, yes, his commercials are unique. Everything he, you know, Tyler Brickley did was was in fact unique. Someone also said Robert and Bobby were such an amazing team. Yeah, a couple of great assets for sure. Um, and uh, quick plug, he didn't pay me for this, but I did see it for two seconds today. I think Bobby Brown has officially launched a Clash-based disc golf website uh, where he's selling uh, Clash-related items and a uh, and Clash misprints. So check that out. Mm. Is it CoolDaddySlickBreezeDiscGolf.com, maybe? Uh, I apologize. I'm not sure what it is. But I did just see it tonight. Smashbox featuring Allie Smith versus Smash Bros. Uh, let's play Monary if you come to Idlewild. Yeah, that means I have to play golf. Who plays golf anymore, Tim? Well, you do. That's good. Monary? Mount Terry? Something like that. Well, everyone, I think that's about it for me. It's been um, it's been a lot of fun talking with you guys. I know it's not quite the standard format of Johnny V and I bantering back and forth and me telling him how wrong he is on stuff, uh, but it has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys. Sorry it was a little bit basic and elementary here in terms of the setup and the style, but hopefully we still got the good, all the points across. I got the points across that were needed. It's uh, gearing up for what should be another good weekend. Looking forward to the preserve. Looking forward to the distance competitions that's taking place out there tomorrow. Best of luck to everyone at AM Worlds. And, um, yeah, just uh, enjoy your time. We're going to crown all those champions, which I'm super excited about. Enjoy your time. Um, I, I, soak it in. 
soak all of it in. Uh, and whether it's this is your last year as an AM or not, uh, it doesn't even really matter to me. I'm just glad you guys are there taking in the experience and having it. So um, we appreciate it. All right, I'm going to uh, stay stu- <laughs> I got an update today. Nate Doss sold the scooter. So even if I wanted to ride it around again, I don't think it's going to be available for me. So maybe that's best. That's not going to scare me off of scooters or mopeds. I'm just going to not be on his for uh, the foreseeable future. But don't worry. Uh, I'll get back on the horse, as they say. For Smashbox TV Podcast 461's After Show, I'm the Disc Golf Guy. I love you guys for joining. I really do appreciate all your questions, your insights. Uh, Hopefully you learned something tonight or you had a little bit of fun while you were here. Uh, thanks for Johnny for getting this out in the uh, audio format as well I appreciate each and every one of you Uh, next week double giveaways you already know that's coming and uh, yeah we'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox I gotta reach up and click this button boop okay Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.